Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84, going to attempt to steer this aircraft through a show for what could be the ugliest looking field of professional golfers that you can imagine in this day and age at a professional golf tournament. I will try to speak slowly to take up a little more time and get us through uh, in a, you know, in an orderly fashion, but uh, no, all kidding aside, we've got the Bermuda championship this week and it is, uh, it's pretty ugly out there. So uh, I will bring in my co-host, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, AKA notorious. Maybe he feels differently than me, but uh, boy, no, it was a real struggle uh, trying to go through the the list and find things to, uh, to be excited about this week. It was uh I usually do my article and stuff on Roto Grinders on Monday night. Uh, it had to wait till Tuesday morning. I did not have the gumption Monday night to do it this week, uh, but the field didn't get any better overnight. So uh, how are you doing? Yeah, doing good. The field this week is uh, something else, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if it's the worst we've ever seen, but it's got to be right up there. Um, and I will know no shot tracker either. So uh, it's definitely going to be one of those weeks. It's going to be frustrating, I think. At this event last year, there was one guy that uh, was either like three under or three over uh, at one point when he finished. And then all of a sudden his uh, score switched by like six strokes <laughs> because, uh, you know, the volunteers at these things uh, probably aren't pay- paying too close attention. So uh, it's going to be a fun week. Um, and shout out to Roto Grinders member Harry Brandt, 100K last uh, week. Seriously? Yeah, nice. he's, uh, he's always in the chat too, Harry yeah. B, I think. So uh, yeah, big congrats to him over there on FanDuel. Yeah, he's he watches this uh, he watches this live on YouTube almost every week. Uh, so that's awesome. I I had not seen that before just now. Kudos, uh, Mr. Harry Brandt on cue. He's in the chat. So uh, congrats. That's awesome. Uh, hopefully uh, you can keep that momentum going. Don't don't double down. Don't put the whole hundred k <laughs> on this tournament this week. Don't do that. Uh, it's not the week to 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 do that. But uh, I don't yeah, know if he could if he wanted. Uh, can't even get 100k <laughs> down if you want <laughs> hey, find a way find some 5k head to heads maybe max center every gpp 
Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough week, I think. But uh, and last week, you know, was a, a tournament that, and we talked about it on the show last uh, last Tuesday that uh, don't expect that course to play as easy again because of all the rain that they had the year before, and that certainly was a tough test. You saw a lot of guys double digits over par last week. Uh, but uh, Hideki Matsuyama, talk about a year to remember when you win the Masters and then to get the victory at the Zozo Championship, you know, in your home country. Uh, probably not a more fitting way to uh, to close out, you know, what has had to be a pretty whirlwind year for him. So good for Hideki. Pretty comfortable victory there when it came down to the end of the uh, final round and uh, was he was able to take it home. So uh, and by the way, on our prize picks last week, our prize pick segment, I had under. 18 and a half or 16 and a half for Hideki and under 22 and a half for Keegan. And they both finished inside the top eight. So I uh, was able to get uh, to get a victory on that. So that was, uh, that was nice, but good for Hideki. Glad to see him win there. Surely it meant, uh, you know, as much or more to him than it would have to anyone else in that field. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from last week? Yeah. I always love the Asian swing. Always uh, fun watching some primetime golf and that course is pretty awesome. Um, a lot of people are comparing it to Augusta national, I liked how tough it was. Like you mentioned, I think that was a great call last week that it was probably going to be a little bit tougher than the year prior or two years prior, that is. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. You kind of get the feeling that Hideki was going to run away with it. Um, anytime Tringali is in contention on Sunday, I mean, I love the guy. I play him a lot, but um, he does not have a very good track record on Sunday. Hmm. Although, uh, did if you were watching the live golf, did you see him at all? Um, he was just Grinning ear to ear, big thumbs up, waving to everybody. I thought it was like a joke at first, and he did after like every shot. Um, so maybe he just loves uh, Japan, or <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of strange. Yeah, it was. It was a little strange, but uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out either. But uh, um, was uh, you know a little, a little comfortable there for Hideki towards the end. Didn't have a whole lot uh, chasing him that he had to worry about. Just uh, ended up being a comfortable. What he end up winning by four, I think yeah four or five and then uh yeah i mean i was i was excited to see tommy up there but uh playing him over morikawa didn't really do anything i think they both finished tied for seventh or eighth so yeah fleetwood was even on the final round so didn't really make a run there and Steele played well but he was uh i think uh four back going into the round so uh basically once matsuyama separated from tringali there wasn't anybody that was going to catch him Yep. Uh, I am excited to have a cutback this week. You know, it's always a little bit better sweat on Friday. You get the double sweat and then we at least get, I think you get the fake shot tracker where you get shot two from the rough. Yeah, shot two way. from the other. Yeah. Shot two, shot two penalty. You never want to see that. <laughs> yeah. You never want to see that. Um, <laughs> shot three from the tee box is never a great thing That's... either. <laughs> but can, uh, can we start a petition to get the old shot tracker back? Uh, remember, were you around for that one? Oh yeah i've got oh, yeah. a screen grab i've posted on twitter quite a few times oh, to man. see uh so i gotta good. see if, i gotta see if i can find it now i did a screenshot one time now this is mind you for those of you who weren't playing dfs back uh in uh you know the stone age like us um when dfs this is probably when dfs golf was not around right away when dfs first started uh, it was maybe two or three years into DFS when golf started, and and the PJ Tour had a different shot tracker interface uh, at the time. And I had a, a lineup at one point where all of my golfers made a birdie at the exact same time, and I took a screenshot of it 
Um, and then obviously that probably would have just dropped, uh, dropped off the radar until they got rid of that shot tracker. And then, uh, so now that has gotten saved on my, uh, hard drive and I know I've posted it on Twitter a few times, so I'll have to find it, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'd be okay with that, you know, clean up the, you can you, you know, you can just keep the same interface, but, you know, clean it up or modernize it a little bit oh. if you want to, but. That was cool because the the color of whatever they hit it came up first, and then it would show you how far or how close it was to the hole. So if it was yeah you know, like brown, you knew he was in the sand, or if it was light green, you knew he was made it to the green of the fairway. Um, so for anyone out there, uh, yeah, post that. <laughs> check check your Twitter. And uh, I got I'm scrolling down trying to find it. Way too many gifts on Twitter. Um, I found everything's coming up Millhouse a couple times. I've found uh, two. <laughs> Two images of Bryson counting to 10. Uh, we found a lot, but uh, I haven't found the last time I posted it. We got a like a four putt from Jordan Spieth in there. We got lots of goodies, but uh, I'll right. find it. I'll find it. Advanced Twitter search. Here we go. <laughs> uh, Paul Casey making a making a 10 that one time. That's on there. Oh, that was on a par three, I believe. Yeah, he went over, back and over the water. At Memorial? Times. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> oh, boy. The uh, the old shot tracker was, uh, was, was, a weird, was a real gem for sure. Uh, all right. Um, enough stalling. We can start talking about this week a little bit here. We've got the Bermuda Championship. Third year this event has been contested. The first two times... Brendan Todd and Brian Gay are your two winners, probably the two two of the shortest hitters on the PGA Tour. So I'm not sure we can draw a whole lot of conclusions from a two event sample size, but surely uh, based on the length of the course and the two winners, you, you probably don't have to be long off the tee to contend here. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, if, if those guys are going to contend, let alone win, um, you definitely don't have to have distance and just look at the scorecard. I mean, it's 6,800 yards and it's a par 71. That's like one of the shorter courses uh, that we see on the PGA Tour all year. I think there's a couple in California that are like 6,900, but they're both uh, par 70s, I believe. So it's going to be a very short course. Um, it doesn't mean long hitters can't contend, but I do think the driver is less of a weapon than it is on most courses. Um, the wind's going to you know, play a big factor in the scoring. If the wind's down, I think it's going to play pretty easy. We saw Brendan Todd win at 24 under par. If the wind picks up, I think it could be a little bit tough. It's obviously right there on the coast. And uh, on Thursday, it looks like there could be 30-mile-per-hour winds. So um, definitely check Wednesday night. There could be a tee time edge one way or another. Uh, I am looking at, you know, strokes gain on approach, but it kind of seems like it's just more of the plotter types than the guys that are, like, pinpoint accuracy with their irons. I mean, we don't really think of Brendan Todd or – Brian Gay is like great iron players. So I don't know. Um, they do have in common that they're both great Bermuda putters. So if you wanted to look at accuracy, Bermuda putting, um, if the wind picks up, you're probably going to want to be able to save bogeys around or save par around the green. And yeah, I don't really have a strong take uh, other than you don't need to be a bomber by any means. All right. So I found my shot tracker image and I have sent it in our Slack channel to our producer, Eli. Uh, and I'm going to see if he can find a way to put that on the screen so that the people who may not have ever seen it before uh, can see it. And it's so glorious because all, all of my guys made birdies at the same time. I, it's, it, I've, I've never seen it again like that before because it's so, 
you know, it doesn't show the same uh, imagery anymore that it did. And that's, and that image isn't going to show the uh, sand or anything, but uh, we'll see if Eli can get that on the screen. Uh, and, and he can shout in my ear when he does, and then, then we can reminisce a little bit, but. Oh, perfect. So Eli's got up there. I posted this right before Christmas a few years ago on Twitter. So, um, you know, the old shot tracker and it's all the old DFS guard, all the old guys, all of us have been playing for like six years. And somebody, you know, a lot of people are probably going to look and say, oh, what was so special about that? But like Noto said, where the, you know, where the green is and the, uh, the hole at the cup at the end, uh, if they hit it in the sand, you know, that would show up. Uh, it would show the yardage and it would show up brown. And if they hit it into the native area, it would show like gray and stuff like that. So had to save that image. Um, and, you know, Daniel Berger and Justin Thomas were playing. So, it, you know, it's been say six years, maybe um, six or seven years since we've had that, but uh, uh, probably the last time that David Hearn's ever been in second place in the tournament. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I did. I did message the PGA tour, uh, the shot link account on Twitter when they asked for feedback and told them not to get rid of it. And they asked me why. And I didn't really yeah. have a good answer. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, it was easy to sweat like 12 golfers at once too. Yeah. Um, you know, even on the main PGA tour side, that's probably what I use. I don't like the app cause you have to click into the golfer to see, you know, where they're hitting it. But, um, it's, it, the spacing's like much farther out on the, on the PGA tour site now. Yep, so, yep. and I never use the app either. Like I see people posting screenshots from the app and I'm like, what's that? Oh, too it's too much from the work. App. Too much yeah. Work. I, it's just, I want a one-stop shop to get mad at my golfers. Like I want to see all the missed four footers <laughs> in one spot. Um, have you noticed that, uh, when you click into the, the 3d thing, it's like 30 seconds ahead of the. The, the actual text yeah yeah a few times i've noticed that uh and you know sometimes it what really drives me nuts is when that just shows a putt being made and it says it's zero inches and it's actually mm -hmm. a two putt um yeah. that drives me that drives me bananas but uh anyway yeah that, i think that's the reason why a lot of us were kind of endeared to the old shot tracker it made it easy for you to uh to, to like you say sweat 10 or 12 golfers at once if not just because of the different color coatings um you know made it easy to look and see that but uh yeah it was good it was good this was a very good week to reminisce about that because it passed some time uh and we don't have to talk about all the golfers like they've run out of alternates this week i i've never seen this they've exhausted all the alternates and now they're just not replacing guys the field is already five short of what it was supposed to be i've never out. seen that we can fly out play. yeah we can fly out i mean I, and I don't, I guess the country, I was telling Eli this before the show, the country Bermuda has a vaccination requirement. So all the, you know, golfers that aren't vaccinated obviously can't get into the country. I don't know if they didn't know this ahead of time or not, but uh, like 20 golfers have pulled out plus, you know, including a lot of the alternates, but so we're down to, I believe 127 now, unless somebody else is withdrawn in the last two hours. I haven't checked again lately, but I think we were down to 127 and a lot of these golfers are not very good. So in theory, like in theory, we should see a higher percentage of six to six lineups this week. You would think. You would think, but um, it kind of seems like these events, there's more volatility than normal uh, just with a lot of the chalk and just, there's going to be a lot of random guys that missed the cut. So you would think there would be a higher six to six, especially with the smaller field, but you just never know. Um yeah, I don't really know what to expect this week. It's gonna be, 
Um, and another thing in terms of modeling, a lot of the guys are, you know, corn ferry tour graduates. So um, if you're looking at any sort of statistical, uh, you know, analysis, then you're only going to have like 12 rounds for a lot of these guys. And it's just not going to tell the whole picture, you know, of what type of golfer they are. There's some that we think of as like good ball strikers that have good putting numbers and vice versa. And so uh, it's just a really tough week overall, but maybe putting in the extra work is going to, is going to come in handy because a lot of people are probably going to see it the same way we do. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and start digging in. Then we'll, uh, we'll break down what we've got. Everybody's playing with the same uh, playing field. And again, you know, prioritizing uh, accuracy uh, seems to make sense. We saw, I believe 24 under as a winning score here the first year, something like that. Uh, Scores were a little worse last year because it was extremely heavy wins. And that's basically the defense that this course has. So Noto, you mentioned there's a day potentially, uh, we could see winds kicking up. Maybe we get a tee time advantage. Definitely something to keep an eye on there as well as we get closer to Thursday, but uh, still a little too far out to, to definitive, definitively uh, narrow that down as of yet. So uh, let's talk about the top. We've got five golfers above 10K this week. That'd be Fitzpatrick, Bazudenhout, um, Mito Pereira, Patrick Reed, and Seamus Power. So uh, weird to see Bazudenhout as the second most expensive golfer in the field, but that's what we have this week. Um, it looks like you might like him a little bit here. Yeah, definitely like uh, Bazudenhout. I'll call him Cbez for short because it's a lot easier. Um, but he has made 26 straight cuts worldwide. Um, that's pretty incredible. And uh, his numbers during that stretch are really good. He's the guy that's not long off the tee, but he hits a lot of fairways. Good with the irons, and he might be you know one of the better putters in the entire field. Coming off a of back-to-back top fives, one was at the BD- BMW PGA Championship, one was at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. So he's my favorite play up here. Certainly can't go wrong with Mito Pereira. I mean, his ball striking numbers. He's gained at least 7.8 strokes on the field each of the last three events. So got to like him a little bit. Uh, Seamus Power just continues to play well. He struggled a little bit after his win, but he's bounced back with a couple good ball striking performances. He's the only guy above 10K that's actually played the event. Uh, A couple top 40s for him. Fitzpatrick coming off the win over on the European tour. I think he makes some sense. And I kind of think he's going to get a little bit overlooked. We have him as the highest projected golfer right now uh, above 10K, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mito, uh, you know, is way higher owned than Fitzpatrick just because he's been in such good form. People like fading the guy coming off the win and uh, you know, all those fun narratives. Uh, And then if you look back like six months, the only guy that doesn't have sticker shock in terms of his price would be Patrick Reed, but I can't play him right now. I mean, look at his ball striking numbers. Uh, He's nearly been dead last in each of those last three starts. I think he's lost uh, 7.1, like 6.3 and something like that uh, ball striking. So a lot of ugly numbers when it comes to Patrick Reed. And it's not like we, you know, have the best track record with them anyway. (laughs) <laughs> for sure. Like I said last time, I've just been fading him for a while and uh, it's been working. So I'm not going to upset the apple cart at this point. Yeah, his numbers have been pretty bad. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Gladly out until he shows us some signs. Uh, do like Fitzpatrick, like you mentioned, coming off the win over in Europe. Uh, like he loves these types of courses, a shorter course. I mean, these are the courses that he just really likes to play. Uh, he's not long off the tee and it doesn't really, you know, put him at a disadvantage. I mean, he talks about how much he loves Harbor town. Uh, that's kind of a, a comparative type of course for, for this one, uh, very short, you know, under 7,000 yards. So, uh, I like Fitzpatrick a good bit. I did tag up Mito as my favorite play, uh, just because, you know, he's the one guy that I've been on since the start and, uh, he's rarely let me down. So I'm more than happy to, 
keep riding that wave. Um, and I kind of agree. I think their ownership will maybe end up being similar uh, by the end of it. So uh, like all those guys and certainly fine with Seamus power, he lives to play in these weak field events and generally does pretty well on them. So I like everybody except Reed basically in that tier. Um, probably not playing Buckley either at 9,900. Definitely sticker shock there. Um, I, I just think I'd rather play some of the other young guys that are a little bit cheaper. But he is like 30 to 1 to win, which seems crazy. Any Buckley interest for you? I mean, if you look at his results, they're very hit or miss. He's got a lot of top 10s, a lot of missed cuts, even you know, on the Corn Ferry Tour. So uh, I think his outright number kind of makes sense because he's shown, you know, a lot of volatility, but I don't think he makes a great play for DFS at the price point, especially if he's going to be, you know, low teens. Um, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you on Chad Ramey, just because I think we get similar talented guys of a lot cheaper, um, which I'm sure we'll talk to talk about. Danny Willett's coming off of a win, kind of hard to trust him, although he does tend to play, you know, these kind of uh, coastal courses well, and he does play well in the wind. So, if you want to go that route, I don't mind it. I don't think I'll have a lot of exposure to the 9K range, to be honest with you. I like Adam Hadwin. He's probably my favorite of the bunch, but he's going to be very popular, it looks like. I was hoping he would be a little lower on, but um, he's coming off of a T6 where he was really good with the irons. I think Pendrith would make some sense, but, you know, his best weapons is drivers. So, um, I don't know. It just seems like if you're going to hit 350-yard drives here, you're probably going to be either going for the green or getting yourself into a lot of trouble. So, I don't know what to expect there. Patrick Rogers seems overpriced to me. Matthias Schwab is at least a little interesting, but um, he hasn't shown a ton over, you know, on the PGA tour. So you know, do you like anybody in this range? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think in terms of upside, I think Pendrith is going to be volatile, but I do like his upside and the fact that he's in the single digits. I mean, to me, it's just hard to reconcile like, Adam Hadwin hadn't done anything for eight months, maybe longer than eight months. And yeah, he's got two top tens, you know, here in the fall swing, but that such a long period of time with absolutely nothing to be basically the highest owned guy in the field. I mean, I get it with the recent form, but I just, I can't do it at 9,400. I mean, Pendrith is a third, you know, a third of the ownership, and I don't necessarily think he's safe. I think in cash games, you're probably just ignoring all the nine K's and, you know, you start with one of the, your favorite of the 10 K's and go from there. Like, I don't think anybody in the nine K's is necessary, but I do like Pendrith and GPPs. Yeah. I like that call. I just, man, Hadwin. So he's fifth in the field in accuracy or 10th in accuracy, fifth in putting three top tens in his last six. I get the reason why a lot of people are playing him. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I just, it's hard to reconcile him at that salary and 25% on these days. But yeah, the ownership sucks. Yeah, that's pretty high. I mean, if he was, if everyone was still forgetting about him, maybe (laughs) nobody wanted to play him at like 6,800 a few weeks ago. And now all of a sudden he's massive chalk. But uh, we'll see. I mean, form does matter. So I can't deny the results here so far in the, the fall swing for him. All right, let's head down into the 8Ks. Uh, again, it's not that deep. Uh, two months ago, Guido would have been the obvious play here, but his form has hit a rough patch, kind of a Patrick Reed-type spell for Guido. Um, Higo the same way. He's come on a pretty rough run of form. So uh, any interest in a lot of these 9K guys, or 8K guys, rather? 
Yeah, uh, it's just about as dead as the 9K range for me, uh, unfortunately. I think Denny McCarthy is interesting, a guy that, you know, he did find some life with the Irons last year. It hasn't been the case over the last couple months, but he's a guy that puts it very well and uh, pretty good when it comes to hitting fairways. Uh, he's played here each of the last two years, 15th and a fourth place finish. So um, he kind of fits the Brian Gay, um, Brendan Todd mold where he's going to hit fairways and hopefully make some putts. And other than that, I mean, Tagala, he's been playing well, but he seems really expensive. Thomas Dietrich, uh, his numbers on the European tour have come way down. Um, he used to be one of the better ball strikers over there, but that hasn't been the case in 2021. Yeah, I don't know. Jaeger has uh, got some good numbers, a lot of top fives over on the Corn Ferry tour, but he hasn't been great in the fall swing season. So I don't love a lot here. Uh, my favorite play by far is going to be Ryan Armour. I do think he's going to be very popular. I'll take the over on the 11% that we have him right now. He is second in this field in accuracy, 15th in strokes game putting on Bermuda. He's got back-to-back eight-place finishes uh, at this event, and he's got uh, some top tens prior to his last five starts as well. So I think Ryan Armour makes a lot of sense. Did you ever think that you would be uh, championing Ryan Armour as a great play in uh, 2021 at $8,100? I'm sure I've had worse takes. Um, that, yeah. And uh, so I put in my hot take the survey. Cbez or Armour is going to win this week. I'm hoping it's Armour because uh, better odds for sure. <laughs> That's a very random take. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you'll be, you can victory lap it all you want if it hits. Uh, that'd be a great one to, uh, you know, you bet them both. And uh, Armour, oh, let's see. What's Armour? Probably 50 ish, maybe. Yeah, 55 uh, on DK. Yeah, most of the guys in that uh, salary range are around 50. So I uh, hadn't looked at him specifically. Yeah, it's not a great range. Um, you know, Bramlett sometimes has some upside. Stallings will pop in these weaker field events sometimes, but uh, nothing about their current form makes it all that exciting. And so people are probably wondering, you don't like anybody in the 9Ks, you don't like anybody in the 8Ks, and we know this is a really weak field, so who the heck do you guys like? Um, the 7K range actually probably has the most options of, of any uh, of any range in this field you know obviously the 10k plus guys are, are pretty safe uh but in terms of finding plays to round out your lineup like i think you're going to see people going to two or three players in the 7k range because they aren't they don't feel all that much worse than a lot of the 8 and 9k plays uh, and you get a little bit more salary savings so um you know nick hardy is definitely my favorite like Hardy was perhaps the most consistent overall golfer on the corn Ferry tour last year. Um, he's made all three cuts so far on the fall swing. He's still only like 10% owned uh, probably will, will trend a little bit upward, but uh, you know, I, again, we, both of us have kind of been on his bandwagon uh, for the, the fall swing events. And this is basically a glorified corn Ferry tour field. So uh, I'm not sure why, uh, why we would hop off now when, you know, he's a thousand, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred cheaper than some of the other recent Corn Ferry Tour grads. So Hardy is my favorite in the seven Ks. I know you like him as well. Uh, so your thoughts on him and then some of your other favorites in there. Yeah. So if I don't make any adjustments, manual adjustments to the model, um, granted, he has a pretty small sample size when it comes to stats on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's seventh in this field, um, not seventh best point per dollar play, seventh best overall play. And he's only seventy nine hundred on DraftKings. 9,200 on FanDuel, so uh, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, makes a lot of sense. Actually, 94 on FanDuel, but 
Yeah, I like him quite a bit. 84% cut rate um, over the last two years, both on the PGA Tour and on the Corn Ferry Tour. So he's my favorite play as well. I think Russell Knox is interesting. Um, PJ Splits, um, the guy that does our, our splits tool here at Roto Grinders, put out a tweet about the best win players. Russell Knox nearly uh, at the top of that list. He's also got a couple top 20s. Um, and uh, you're kind of been, uh, you know, Russell Knox up and down on him over the years. Do you uh, like him at all? Yeah, I was shocked to see, you know, him coming in as chalk because he doesn't have the form that Hadwin does uh, over the fall swing. But, you know, the narrative is certainly out there that these are the types of courses that he plays well on as well. Um, I don't know. I'm still kind of undecided. Like, normally I would just jump at Knox here. But uh, if he's going to be like a top five owned play, uh, I'll probably just take my chances on some of the other guys. Like, uh, I understand the logic, but it's not like he's this can't miss you know, chalk play. I think this is a week where you expect the unexpected a little bit and you get away from some of the value chalk. Yeah. He rates out like as a slightly above average play for me, not like a great play. So 23% ownership that does feel a little bit high. I don't mind going to Hank Laviota. I know he's missed four cuts in a row. And before that he had to withdraw, but I've um, probably, I've tried this four (laughs) times. I'm glad it's you this time. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's been ugly, but he's good with his irons. Uh, a couple of good finishes here. We've seen a lot of guys that just have like great course history. If they played well here the first year, they came back and played well again the second year. Um, a lot of them, uh, David Hearn, Brian Gay, Hank Leviota, uh, Ryan Armour, all of them with like top 15s both years, Denny McCarthy. So maybe there's something to the course history angle. Um, and he's played well here in the past. So I don't mind that. Won't be playing any Dylan Fratelli. I'm not sure what's drawn, uh, you know, all that ownership. Maybe it's just a big name, um, but he's been pretty bad for a few months now. Yeah, he has. He's kind of fallen off there. Um, he's on the uh, the Patrick Reed train, I guess. They're just trending the wrong direction. Uh, Alex Smalley is another guy I like if you want to go with one of the recent Corn Ferry Tour grads. He's uh, made his last couple of cuts. Uh, pretty good statistics overall if you look at his PGA Tour rounds. Uh, he's near the top of this field in a lot of the strokes gain categories. So I'm fine with him at sub 10%. Um, Eckrode is another guy that's kind of getting some love as a value this week. I, I think he's fine. Um, and Duffner, somebody brought up Duffner on the show. I can't, uh, I can't, it was one of the fall swing events. Let's see what was uh, Fortinet. I think was the only one he played in um, and he finished in the top five. Uh, so he's trying to make a little bit of a resurgence and he's going to get some ownership this week. So uh, again, would be the type of course where he could potentially do well, assuming that the putter doesn't let him down. Um, so, you know, at double digit ownership, I think you can take or leave him, but uh, Harry Hall, another guy that, uh, that has been putting up some, uh, some decent numbers. He finished top 10 at the Shriners. Anyway, uh, who, who did you say finished top five? A Duffner. He was fifth at the Fortinet, I believe. He was or maybe 40, not. Okay, he was 40 seconds. Because I was looking at my so – so I have a crazy stat on Duffner. In his last 43 events, the last two years, he hasn't finished in the top 10% of the fields one time. So that's like one that's top wild. 15. I think our uh, – let's see. All right, I got – yeah, 42nd. Okay, that's an error in our draft king – or in our uh, player log on Roto-Grinders. Had him finish in fifth. I was relying on the player log on Roto-Grinders. Uh, which is obviously wrong. Okay, 42nd, I stand corrected. Well, he's going to be chalky for some reason, so I'm out. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just saying that because uh, 
I thought my model was wrong, maybe. Um, nope, you got it right. It's just wild to me that he hasn't finished in the top 10% of a field once in two years. The top 10%, not one so, time. Not one time. So if it's 156-man field, he's got zero top 15s even. Yeah, it looks like our Roto Grinders player cards are just maybe wrong for that one event because it's got the Harry Hall eighth place at the Shriners, correct? So uh, anyway, if you're relying on those, I will uh, – I'll bring that bug up to the tech team to see if we can get that fixed. Uh, anyway, Harry Hall confirmed with the actual uh, leaderboard eighth uh, at the Shriners. Uh, don't mind him at 7,200. Seems like Brian Stewart, another short hitter, is going to be the chalk at the bottom end of the 7K range at 7,100. Uh, not the greatest recent you know, results for him um, either, but I mean, these are the types of courses that he tends to play well, but he's missed the cut all three of his fall swing events. I don't mind him uh, at that salary. Yeah. Your thoughts on kind of the lower end of the 7K range there? Yeah, Stewart should be a perfect fit for the course if we're looking for the accuracy putter guys, but um, he hasn't played great here. T51 and a missed cut in two tries. Um, if he's going to be popular, I don't mind going to Lahiri instead. He's a guy that always tends to play well in these coastal tracks. T11 here last year and form hasn't been great, but he is making cuts. So I'll go Lahiri over Stewart. Um, if the ownership looks like there's going to be a pretty big gap. And that's really it for me in the lower range, maybe some Matthew Neesmith uh, finally showing some life recently. He's one of the better guys in the field when it comes to strokes gain approach and green regulation, pretty bad short game. Um, but he does hit a lot of fairways. So 7,300 for him at 7%. I can get behind that. And are you going back to the defending champ, third and a first here in his two appearances? <laughs> I am not. I'll take my chances on that uh, being somewhat of a fluke. Uh, he has been – so what's it? where is he in the model? Uh, 72nd overall, which is negative 27 in terms of the ranking compared to the salary. So pretty I bad. Am, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm out as well. I like Bo Hogue, though. <laughs> I've, tr- I've tried to champion that train a few times, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, he seems cheap at 7K like this. He's been 7K in some stronger field yeah. events, so I don't mind it on a salary perspective. Uh, I think he makes some sense. Thing with him, but, he is going to be right near that cut line on Friday, guaranteed. <laughs> like, these are the guys – in GPPs, I think you take a 6K golfer and you just throw some darts. I mean, you don't have to do it on the guys that are absolutely terrible, and you get down to 6K, and there's a lot of ugly – uh, there, there's just a lot in this field that, um, you know, it's pretty difficult to like, but guys like we've seen some of these guys like Kurt Kitayama has always, I've seen him in the Monday qualifiers shoot like nine under 10 under rounds. Um, and you know, these are the types of events where you're just going to see one or two of these random guys pop up on the leaderboard, 2% ownership on, on Kitayama. So, um, like, He's probably my favorite in terms of the YOLO options in the 6Ks. Uh, looks like TJ has tagged up Adam Svensson and Cameron Percy as potential values. Do you have anyone you are making a strong lean for in the 6Ks? Svensson's interesting. If I uh, extend the stat period in my model to like two years when he was uh, you know, on the, on the PGA Tour before this run, he has really good numbers. Uh, if I don't, he doesn't rate out all that well, but – uh, cheap guys that do rate out well, Dylan Wu, um, he's been playing some decent golf, pretty good numbers on the Corn Ferry Tour. 
Um, Vanderwald, I don't really know a whole lot about him, but um, 69% cut rate on the Corn Ferry Tour, and he's been playing pretty well recently. Uh, a couple of the older PGA Tour grinders, you got Vaughn Taylor. I know he hurt his hip, hasn't really been the same since, but he's a good putter, hits a lot of fairways, kind of the typical plotter type that we like on these courses, and Camilo Vajegas who has been very up and down. He's been um, usually a good ball striker, but lately he's found a good putter. So if you can put those together, you know, maybe he can get something going here. Boy, I remember the one time that we talked about his putting stats on the air last year, maybe eight or 10 months ago. And it was just awful every week. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, if he can putt reasonably well, and that was mainly what was holding him down over the course of, you know, a year or so was the putter. I like to call him Wu too. I think he's fairly interesting um be careful there are two woos in the field brandon woo dylan woo so make sure you don't roster the wrong one um i don't know which one's better but dylan rates out well for me yeah we got a value tag on dylan as well so seems like he's the consensus uh or you can you know pair him up for the woo correlation uh who knows you know get a little crazy with the lineups this week might not be a bad thing uh because as you get down closer to 6k i mean this just a it's a wasteland like Maybe I, I need to make another Robert Garrigus call here or something. Uh, I can't do that on this course. Um, I definitely can't play Garrigus here. But it's just – it's bad. It's its the worst I've ever seen. Like, it, it is. I'm not – this is not hyperbole. This is worse than a John Deere Classic field. It's terrible. It's bad. And so this guy, I've never heard his name before, Scott Gucheski. Um he rates out as there's 20 guys in this field. I've never heard of. He's 131. This guy we've never even heard of is 130 to one. I don't. Yeah. Who? Scott Gushetsky. Shusky. Scott. You got to search for Scott. Cause I don't and know. He's, how to spell the last he's 46 overall. Uh, my model. So. Gutschewski. <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't know, but. I've uh, I've got to figure out. Jay like Seifert's down here. We know him at least. Gucheski. He's forty-five. He played the U.S. Open in two thousand nine and missed the cut. I wonder if he's like a club club pro at the time. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, me neither. He won. On the nationwide tour, now I'm not sure. Was that the uh, he earned his PGA tour? Okay, the nationwide tour was the old version of the Corn Ferry tour, which has changed names so many times. He got his PGA card in 2005, uh, finished 149th on the money list to retain partial status for 2006. Uh, lost his card, got it back through Q School for 2007. Returned to the Nationwide Tour in 2008, got a second victory there, and then got his PGA Tour card back for 09, lost it again. Boy, he's been grinding for a long time. Is that a quick fast forward? This, uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's in 2011, lost it again. So he's had a PGA Tour card like six times, and then he got it back for this year. He's got a PGA Tour card. Good for him for like the sixth time. Like you'd think after he hadn't had a card since 2011, you know, 10 years later is a decade away from his last time he had his PGA tour card and he got it back. 
That's grinding it out, man. Well, now we got a roof on. Scott Gutcheski. Now the question is, are those odds legitimate? Or was there like one random big bet that came in on him and the books are like, okay, we're just going to put him to 150 to 1? Yeah, let me pull it up again because I pulled them on uh, Monday. That or they just priced everyone at 130 (laughs) because they don't know what else to do. All right, Scotty G. He looks like one of my high school math teachers. Yeah, 131. Uh, Is that consistent or are you just looking at DraftKings? That's DraftKings. I got FanDuel up. I can find it. But I mean, other like Austin Smotherman, Ben Coles. I've never heard of these guys either. They're Smotherman awesome. I've heard of. I don't David know that much Skins. about him, but I've heard of him. What a field. Scott Gutcheski. He's 210 on FanDuel. Bargain. Ooh, value. Bet him. Bet him a 210 <laughs> on FanDuel. The importance um, of line shopping, people. I'm grateful that we found some filler talking about the old shot tracker and going way over the projected 10 seconds on Scott Gutcheski. Um, hope I'm not butchering his name. If he wins, we'll invite him on the show. I'm sure he will accept. Yeah, he's 210 on FanDuel. I'm looking on FanDuel to see if there's any crazy names uh, that stand out. Vanderwalt's 100 on FanDuel. Uh, let's see. Going up in Kitayama, 70 to 1 on FanDuel. He's 6,900 on DraftKings, 70 to 1 to win. I like Kitayama. I like him. What's Kitty Yama's top 20? Kitty Yama top 20 prop. I like him. That's interesting. Like some of these make miss cut props. Luke Donald, even money to make the cut. Crazy how times have how times have changed. Anyway, uh prize picks. Don't forget about prize picks. I've got to brag about it because I hit my picks last week. So prizepicks.com, download the app, promo code grinders, get you a hundred dollar deposit bonus on your first deposit. Um, so yeah, I won mine last week. Noto lost his because he picked an over. No, I got Pursuit. half my buy-in back. Oh, that's right. You did one or two, and yeah, that's right. That's right. You, you took the you took the easy way out. <laughs> you got the uh, you did the flex play, so you just had to hit the one because he took an over. So I know, I know. Nona's not going to take it over this week. I'm going to take it over though. I'm going to, we're going to flip it up around this week. So I've got the under on Seamus power at 20 and a half. Uh, these are the types of events. He usually dominates. I'm fine with that for him getting a top 20 uh, and Nick Watney over 34 and a half because he is still Nick Watney. He's barely plus money to, you know, to miss the cut. So uh, I feel safe with the over 34 and a half or, you know, either a missed cut or, finishing outside the top 35 uh, if he does make it. So that's my prize picks this week. Under on Seamus Power, over on Nick Watney. Hopefully we can go two in a row. What you got? I got under on Bazudenhout. He's going to win, so he's going to hit the under of 17 and a half. And then I've got under on your boy Adam Hadwin at 27 and a half. Uh, shout out to Hingo in the chat. Scotty G for the win. We're all rooting for uh, Gucheski. And then uh, DJ Johnson says Fabian Gomez birthday tomorrow. So a uh, little birthday narrative. He's actually a golfer we've heard of. What's he priced at this week? He is 6,300. Wow. He must be in real bad form. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the birthday is a good or bad thing. I mean, birthday celebration in Bermuda, have a few drinks and uh, 
you know, partied up. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll make him play better. I can't hurt his form. If he's playing pretty bad, I'll make him play a little better. Um, All right. We've drugged this out, I think, about as much as we can. Um, The field is just pretty weak, and it's really weak. Just trying to put lipstick on the pig and drawing it out longer isn't going to do a whole lot. We've hit the quota of uh, golfers to talk about. And, uh, again, don't be afraid to take a chance maybe on one or two guys in your GPP builds. Uh, because ownership is going to congregate around the players that seem, you know, quote unquote safe. So anything else you want to add before we dart out of here? Let's get another hundred K winner um, from our, from our listeners. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. Again, congrats to Harry Brandt on the hundred K takedown last week. That is always fun to see. And uh, we'll see if somebody else, maybe me, maybe Noto, maybe one of you can, uh, can follow it up this week. And then we will roll the calendar into November. I was telling Eli before we started the show, I hate this time of year. And I don't know, not, not, not from a sports perspective, but just from a life perspective. I live in Illinois. It's like 35 degrees in the morning and it gets dark at five o'clock and I'm old or something. Cause like seven 30, I'm like exhausted every night and I don't like it. Like I'm a summer. So I think I have to move South somewhere once like my kids are off to college i just uh, i don't like the cold weather in the winter i'm getting old and grouchy yeah i'm the same way getting cold getting dark i hate it uh, it's like like yeah i get home from you know get home for the day and like oh it's dark already uh so anyway aruba bermuda sounds great uh i'm gonna we'll be uh, hitching the wagons out to bermuda here and uh, enjoying some warmer weather but anyway that's neither here nor there i know you guys don't care that uh, that it's cold in the morning in illinois but maybe some of you can commiserate uh, you uh, northerners and us that uh, have to deal with the winter but looking forward to the month of november uh, we've got the usual kind of close out of the fall swing we've got Mayakoba next week then we've got the houston open then we've got the rsm classic before the uh, holiday break in december so we will be back here next week same time, same place to talk about Mayakoba. Hopefully a stronger field uh, with Victor Hovland, the defending champion, next week. So we'll be back then for Noto, for our producer Eli. Thanks to him for working hard and producing the show for us and getting my shot tracker image on the screen. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye.